0: Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast at UT Belfast We hope you enjoy as you join with us on Sunday mornings And listen in as we seek to inspire our church and the people of our city To encounter Jesus and just love it with the biggest heart of compassion possible Hey, if we haven't met before, my name is Ryan, and I'm so glad that you've taken the time to be part of Church Online, uh, whether you're catching this right now in this moment or whether you're catching this at a later time, we're so glad that you've taken the time and made the space available in your diary, in your calendar, in your day uh, to engage with Church Online here at UT. Uh, if, if, um, if you haven't been joining us over the last little while, we've been going through this collection of talks entitled uh, Joy in the crazy places, joy in the crazy places. You know, that term uh, crazy uh, is often understood as mad and seeing demented. And um, you, probably, you probably maybe don't fully catch the understanding of the phrase uh, all the way there, but we don't wanna put a definition to, to your crazy place. But you know that place in life or that time in life or that season that we can find ourselves in sometimes where everything is just a bit up in the air? That's what we mean. That's what we're trying to focus on. That's what we're helping us grasp together, that we can have joy in the crazy places. You know, today, the title of my message is this. There is joy in bearing fruit. There is joy in bearing fruit. We're gonna read Philippians 1, 9 to 11. Paul's writing to the church in Philippi has been covered over the last number of weeks. And he says this, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight that you may be able to discern what is best and you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled, come on, filled with the fruit of righteousness. Filled with the fruit of righteousness. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Paul's praying that these believers would be filled with the fruit of righteousness. That prayer is his heart for believers that he has helped disciple and share the good news to. And so in scripture, it's, it's surely it's, it's God's heart for you and I also, that we would be filled with the fruit of righteousness. How do you live a fruitful life? Another way to understand fruitful is productive. How are you gonna live a productive life. Jesus teaching in John 15 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's like a face mask, right? Apart from a face mask, you can can do nothing. Just last week, Laura and I left the house in my car without face masks. And that was a big step of faith because you can't really go anywhere without a face mask on. Jesus says, apart from me, You can do nothing. If you don't remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. There is joy in bearing fruit. Hey, have you thought about, um, this maybe applies to some people in this room behind cameras and in dark spaces and places. Have you uh, thought about a wedding? recently? Have you thought about maybe, maybe you have in the last 11 or 12 months have celebrated an anniversary and that helped you think back to your wedding? Maybe uh, like Tim here behind this beautiful camera, Uh, You are planning a wedding. Shout out to Beth as well. Or maybe behind that beautiful camera up there, you're like Dave, also planning a wedding. Shout out to Jasmine. Or maybe you've just thought every time a restriction has come into play, uh, your heart has went out to people who are planning weddings. Or maybe you're like one of the gentlemen also in this room. Shout out to some of the ladies not represented who are being encouraged gently, let's say gently. I'm probably going to look more over this way and put a bit of pressure on this side of the room uh, to to get a ring out and to begin planning a wedding. Hey, have you thought about a wedding recently? You know, when you're planning a wedding, and that's all jokes, by the way, I, I, I was definitely paid a little bit extra by some ladies to encourage their boyfriends to get a ring out, but that's all right. We'll leave that for another day. Uh, when, when you're going to get married, all roads lead to the wedding day. Everything leads to the wedding day. Can I get an amen right there? Um, if you're a man, you know that you don't get to uh, buy things in the way in which you did, but instead you work and you work and you work. And if you're lucky, you will get some food at the end of the week. But uh, in the meantime, all money that you get goes towards your wedding. Every spare second when you want to just chill out, and relax is also going to that wedding if you didn't realize as well. Every email that you receive is also from Pinterest in relation to what that wedding that you're supposed to be planning. All roads lead to the big day, right? That's just the reality of what it looks like when you're getting married. The Bible just earlier in Philippians 1 also speaks of a big day, but it's not, it's not maybe the same type of day, but actually is a wedding day where Jesus, the groom, we'll see his bride, the church. See, there's a day in which Christ Jesus returns that we, you and I are supposed to look towards. That day, 1 John 3, 2 says, dear friends, we're in the NLT says, we are already God's children, but he has not shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. That's our wedding day. That's the day in which the, the groom, Jesus, sees his bride, the church. But we do know that we will be like him, for we shall see him as he really is. That is the big day of somebody who has professed faith in Jesus, who follows Jesus, who claims to be a Christian. That is the day in which all roads are to lead to. All of our decisions are to lead to. Our money is supposed to point in that direction. Our time is supposed to point in that direction. Our energy is supposed to point in that direction. One day you will see Jesus as he is. And Paul's prayer in Philippians 1 is that you would be pure and blameless, filled with the fruit of righteousness. On that day, filled with the fruit of righteousness, is an agricultural language helping us understand that the day Jesus returns is the day of harvest, which means that right now is a time for the seed to grow and to develop, and for you and I to begin to bear fruit. We read in uh, we read in John fifteen verse eight, Jesus says, "This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit." Come on, if you have a Bible and you, you've looked at John 15, eight, I want you to circle that or underline that or highlight that. Jesus, God's purpose for your life is that you would bear much fruit, not a little bit of fruit, but much fruit. Uh, Every area of your life, in your family, in your career, in your finances, in your ministry. Yes, you have a ministry, not just the person with a microphone or the people who can sing or the people who have an obvious talent, but every single human being who professes faith in Jesus has a ministry. God wants every area of your life to be fruitful. Every area of your life to be productive. Let me just start by asking us all this question. What do you want with your life? What do you actually want with your life? It's a huge question. Maybe you'll not be able to answer it right now. And maybe the silence in your heart and in your head is a good thing because it helps you think in that direction. What do you want with your life? I don't know what that thing is, but what I do know is that you want your life to be fruitful. You want your life to be productive. You want your life to go forward, to grow, to get stronger. But what does God consider to be real fruit? The word fruit is a Greek word, karpos, used in the Bible 66 times, which would imply that it's a relatively important word. The Bible says again, John 15, verse eight, as we read, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This verse tells us three things about fruit. Three ginormous things about fruit. Very shortly and simply, number one, bearing fruit brings glory to God. Bearing fruit brings glory to God. See, if the goal of our lives is to glorify God and bearing fruit does exactly that, then we ought to work out how to bear fruit. See, when you bear fruit, you bring glory to God. Number two, bearing fruit shows that I am a disciple. In the same way that if you uh, had a car and you were driving it, you should have a driver's license to prove that you should legally be driving that car. If you don't have one, you shouldn't be driving it. Bearing fruit is your proof of being a disciple. If I don't have any fruit in my life, then it begs the question, am I really a follower of Jesus? Am I really a disciple? Am I really a Christian? It's in my fruit bearing that my discipleship is revealed. Number three, God wants me. God wants you. God wants us to bear much fruit. God is the God of abundance and he wants you to produce to be productive when it comes to bearing fruit. He wants you to be abundant in fruit. Bearing fruit brings glory to God. Bearing fruit shows that I'm a disciple. And bearing fruit, uh, God wants us to bear fruit. John 15, 16, Jesus says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and what? Bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Jesus chose you and appointed you so that you might bear fruit. Bearing fruit is the purpose of your salvation. I want you to write that down. Bearing fruit is the purpose of my salvation. Nothing else. Bearing fruit is the purpose of my salvation. Understood, maybe a different way for us to catch the purpose of your salvation is to bear fruit. You might ask the question, what is my purpose in life? If you follow Jesus, your purpose in life is to bear fruit. Jesus said, I chose you so that what? You could just go to heaven? So that what? You could get a, do what you want whilst you're here, grace will cover it kind of card? No, he chose you so that you would bear fruit. Not so that you could simply kick the bad habits, but actually so that you would be able to serve God, serve people and bear fruit so that you could live a productive life for God's glory. I want you for a second to think about a financial investment. If you're going to invest into a business, you're going to invest into the stock market, you're going to invest into a company or something like that, or perhaps it's a person. When it comes to an investment, a financial investment, you want to put a certain amount of money into that and, and and the whole purpose of that is so that that money would work for you in order that you would get a good Yield a good return, something even more back, not so that it would simply sit it, like it's sitting in a freezer and freeze so that inflation outruns it, but actually so that it would gain and it would yield and so that you would get a solid percentage back on it. In the same way, God has made an investment into your life. He has created you, He has saved you, He has put His spirit in you, and one day He is going to audit your life, my life. There's many different understandings, 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 we'll get there in the end, of fruit in Scripture. Uh, I want us to focus on four ways that we can understand fruit in the New Testament briefly. Number one is the fruit of repentance. Sometimes when the Bible talks about fruit, it's describing repentance. This turning from uh, self-centered, self-absorbed, self-focused and turning to God. What John the Baptist described in Matthew 3, 8 in the NIV, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. But I wanna, wanna look together for a second at how the NLT puts it. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins And turned to God. See, your repentance is revealed in your lifestyle. John the Baptist is speaking to religious leaders like Pharisees, and he's saying, You guys aren't showing any fruit whatsoever. You don't have any change of heart. I don't see any change of mind or change of motive. You need to prove that you're following Jesus. You need to prove your salvation. You need to prove that you've repented by the life choices that you're making, by the decisions that you're making, by the way that you're living. Why? Because your repentance is revealed in your lifestyle. To repent is to turn from my control of life to God's control of life. It is a 180, spin on your heels and walk towards God. So how is there joy in repentance? See, there's joy in bearing fruit. There's joy in the fruit of repentance because without Jesus as your saviour, without repentance, you're living in sin. And Romans 6.23 says this about sin. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, without the fruit of repentance, it leads to a sure death, a fiery, real hell. However, as a result of repentance, you have a connection with God. You have a relationship with God. Your life is transformed from the inside out. You you are a totally new creation as a result of what? Repentance. When you repent, you receive the free gift of God, eternal life through Jesus. That produces a joy that outlasts any season and isn't dependent upon circumstance. Another fruit, number two, Described in the New Testament is the fruit of the Spirit, a list of characteristics found in Galatians 5, to 25. Nine characteristics. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its desires and its passions. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. A simple way for us to understand this is Character. God wants you to grow more and more like the person of Jesus. He wants your character to become Christ-like. See, these nine characteristics are essentially who Jesus is. He is love personified. He is joy. He is the Prince of Peace. He is patient with you. He is kind. He is good. He is faithful. He is gentle. He is self-controlled. The more you live by the Spirit, The more fruit of the Spirit you display, the more you look like Jesus. 1 John 3, 2, we read earlier in the ESV, says, beloved, we're God's children now. Um, What we'll be hasn't yet appeared, but we, we know this. When he appears, we shall be like him because we'll see him as he is. The second way for us to understand fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. And there is joy in bearing the fruit of the Spirit. How do I do that? You might ask. Well, the Bible says that since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The moment you begin to do that is the moment you involve involve the Holy Spirit in more of your daily life. The moment you're aware of him, the moment that you, you welcome him, the moment that he isn't just there in the background somewhere, but he is a welcomed person in your life. The third fruit that we see described in Scripture is the fruit of bringing someone to Jesus. The way this can be described in other ways in Scripture is the fruit of salvation. See, when you bring someone to Jesus, when you help somebody else find Christ, when you share your faith and someone gets saved, that is the fruit of bringing someone to Jesus. I want to ask you this. Guess what a rhino gives birth to, or a rhinoceros, if you're going to. Be all funny with me. Guess what a rhino gives birth to? A rhino. Um. Guess what an elephant gives birth to? Nah, it wasn't an alligator. An elephant. Guess what a human gives birth to? Mhm. Yep. 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 A human. Guess what a Christian gives birth to? Uh, Christians. See, Christians are supposed to produce Christians in the same way that rhinos produce rhinos. Elephants produce elephants. Humans produce humans. Christians produce Christians. Jesus followers produce Jesus followers. For every person in this room, even, you know, you're a result of somebody else's fruit. You're a result of somebody else's fruit. Every person who's decided to be online, you are a result of somebody else's fruit. You don't believe me? Let me show you. Maybe I could borrow Ethan and borrow Cameron. See, I asked both of these guys, Ethan leading us in worship, Cameron playing incredibly on electric guitar today. I asked both of these guys, could I use them for an illustration? If you stay there, that'd be awesome. If you stay there, that'd be awesome. And maybe we could get a shot that maybe look at one of them and look at the other. I asked them if I could use them for an illustration. They both kindly said yes. But perhaps less than use them for an illustration in which they were uh, expecting me to either mock them or lift something or carry something or do something in that way. Instead, I want to help you see something, see some of their fruit. Now, I don't know whether they'll be buzzing about this, but I certainly am. See, Ethan at one point decided that he would repent, whether it was uh, Lindsay and Colin who, who shared the gospel with him, and that was where it was, whether he, he, was, he experienced the gospel in a different place. At some point, he repented of his sin. He gave his life to Jesus. He turned, and as a result of that, he began to live for God. He had the fruit of repentance. So he carried the goodness of Jesus everywhere he went with him, including his school. As a result of repentance and living life with the Holy Spirit, he began to display the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, where he began to love with Jesus' love. He had joy. Patience, all of the above, self-control, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and more, and the like. This is a good thing for you, sir. He had these on display. But the next thing that he did was he decided that he would invite Cameron. Cameron, in some ways, disconnected from God and disconnected from church. And Ethan chose to bear fruit. And so he brought a friend to church as a result of, conversation and relationship. He brought a friend and that friend repented, gave their life to God, displays fruit of the Spirit, begins to try and invite and, and, and display the gospel and share the good news with other people, bring others to Jesus, which leads me to number four. And You guys can stay here for a minute because this is where it helps us culminate. The final fruit we have repentance, the fruit of repentance, the fruit of the Spirit or character, the fruit of bringing other people to Jesus and the fruit of ministry to others. See, as a result of repentance, fruit of the Spirit, bringing somebody else to Jesus, as a result of that, that other person repented, displays fruit to the Spirit, brings other people to Jesus and together they get the honour and the privilege and the joy, Keyword of ministering to others. See, these are not two isolated things, but as a result of one person's obedience and fruit and the joy that they have in that, then another person gets to discover their ministry to others. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I thought it was helpful for you to see each of them, even though they just stood there as kind of objects and didn't have to do anything. They are real people with real stories and more importantly, real fruit. Real fruit that has brought you joy as you've sought to experience God this morning, as they've ministered to you together this morning. See, the final fruit is the ministry, the fruit of ministry to others. See, every Christian is a minister. What? I'm not doing funerals? No, (laughs) you're not every Christian is not an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or a teacher, but every Christian is a minister. You don't believe, you still don't believe me. Okay. Now this is New Testament, not Old Testament where the priests sat in the holy places, but New Testament where once and for all, all people can approach God with freedom and confidence. All people are sons and daughters of Jesus, of the father as a result of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2.9, you're not like that for you're a chosen people. You're royal priests. Who is? You are, you're royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness into his light. You are royal priests, chosen people. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. Exactly what each of these guys, the incredible men of God they are, that are doing today, ministering to others in order that you would experience the goodness of God Jesus, um, in Mark 11, does something quite serious. He he sees, a fruit that's not, uh, he sees a tree that's not bearing fruit. It's a fig tree and it only has leaves. Uh, and he goes to it to look for fruit. And there was no fruit on it. And so he cursed it. They went on about their day. The disciples were incredibly shook the fact that he cursed this tree. And they came back later. And the tree, the Bible says, withers and dies. Jesus didn't do that uh, in order simply to be a show off or to, you know, think, make the disciples think, wow, that was cool. But actually he did it to teach a lesson. The lesson being around the seriousness of fruit bearing. See, a non-fruit bearing follower of Jesus is a contradiction. Jesus says fruit gives him glory. Fruit is our proof of being a disciple. Proof reveals that we know the Lord. This is not a secondary issue. This is the very heartbeat of your relationship to Jesus. See, there's fruit. There's joy in bearing fruit. Maybe as a worship to these guys, as they show you their fruit and they have borne fruit together and will bear fruit for the rest of their lives as they pursue Jesus, they could join us. In Romans 14, verse seven, the Bible says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking. In the context The kingdom of God is not a matter of do's and don'ts. You can't do this and you can't do that. But of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. There is joy in bearing fruit. See, living for God, the kingdom of God isn't about do's and don'ts. You can't do this, and so you can't do that. Hey, God forgive us if that's all this is about. Two thirds, of how the kingdom of God is described here is a a state of emotion, a state of experience. See, righteousness cannot be attained on your own. Righteousness is the free gift of God that gives you eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But the second two, peace and joy. Peace and joy are experiences. Peace and joy our deep-rooted convictions and an understanding that Jesus is Lord, that God is sovereign, that He is in control. And as a result, peace and joy can invade and permeate through every fiber of our being. Has it ever been more prevalent for you, for me, for us to experience the benefits of living for God than now? When two-thirds in this verse are described as peace and joy and you have a world that is crazy and chaotic and not knowing what to turn to, who to turn to or where to turn to you have a a saviour in the person form of Jesus Christ who offers you righteousness not based upon what you've done but based upon what he's done followed up by peace and joy has there ever been a more prevalent time in your life for you to experience Jesus than now, for you to have a moment with Jesus than now. This is my prayer. that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight that you may be able to discern what is best, may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. To the glory and praise of God. There is a day coming in which we'll see Jesus. We're to look to that day and bear fruit focused upon that day. Indulge me for a moment before we respond to God. Just last week I ordered some food off Just Eat and uh, it's a little bit different than maybe just phoning a takeaway. You know, when you order off the app you you get to know where the where the delivery driver is at all points where the food's where the food is kind of the time that it's going to arrive that kind of thing it's making me hungry just thinking about it yep me too but this time when I ordered food I was pretty hungry so I was trying to uh, preoccupy myself with other things I was going back and forth I was going to the kitchen I was coming back I was trying to do stuff on my laptop I kept checking the app to see what time the deliverer would arrive see the great thing about Just Eat is is you know what time the Deliverer is coming. But the thing about life is that you don't know what time the Deliverer is coming, the Deliverer being Jesus. Jesus is going to deliver you from every season, every circumstance, all of the sickness, all of the pain, the fear, the condemnation, the shame, whatever it is that you're experiencing in life, or none of those things perhaps, perhaps from life itself. Jesus is going to deliver you But the Bible says that no one knows the day and no one knows the hour. So we're to live in such a way that we would be pure and blameless with the help of the Holy Spirit as a result of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Filled, come on, filled with the fruit of righteousness. Might we be people who display the fruit of repentance? Might we be people who are are filled, the fruit of the Spirit is just obvious and around us everywhere we go might we be people who have the fruit in our lives of bringing other people to Jesus might we be people who have the fruit of ministry to others in Jesus name Holy Spirit help that be our reality today I know that there is joy in bearing fruit I know that every one of these things there is joy might that be our reality might each of us know that today that there is joy in bearing fruit. That this would be not just on the peripheral of our, our, of our walk with you, but this would be the very heartbeat of our relationship with you, Jesus Christ. Bearing fruit. Hi everyone, thanks for listening in on our Sunday podcasts. Check us out on our Facebook, Instagram, at UTBelfast.